Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi guys, this is our new podcast and we're going to be talking about TV shows and movies and all sorts of lovely drama series. Um, I'm your host, Miss Lupe, and I have a co-host here, Miss Linda. So we're going to be talking today about our favorite new fall TV shows, so stay tuned. Okay, the first show we're going to be talking about is Black Mirror, and it is a show about an HBO, uh, basically a Western sci-fi type of drama, and um, the other shows we're going to be talking about are Queen Sugar and um, Black Mirror. So these are just our favorite shows that debuted this fall. Um, Let's just start with Westworld. So Westworld is an HBO drama series that was adapted from a 1970s movie, and that came out in 1973, and has a lot of big-name actors in the show. Um, Anthony Hopkins, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeffrey Wright, Sandy Newton, like all the big actors, James Marsden, all the great um, actors are in this show. So let's kind of just get into the plot, and like after that, we'll just discuss what we really liked about the show. So... Um, for episode one, what happened, basically we got an introduction to the main characters. Um, that show is called, that episode is called The Original, and we learned about the main character, Dolores, and her father, Peter Abernethy, and we learned about the creators of this park called Westworld. It's basically this theme park where humans can go, really wealthy humans can go and just live out their fantasies, and they interact with robots in this kind of um, Western-type civil western-type landscape. So the main character, Dolores, is just, you know, living her normal life, interacting with the human visitors or hosts there. And um, she basically comes across... Oh, there's an update that happens. It's basically like a computer update to all the robots in the park. And after this update that was basically... um, installed by the creator. The creator of the park is Mr. Dr. Robert Ford. He's played by Anthony Hopkins. So once he turns on this update, the robots start acting really irrational. Like, they start acting more human-like instead of just following the scripts that they've created for them. So that's pretty much what happens in episode one. We learn more about her, the main character, Dolores, the creator of the park, um, we also learned about Bernard. He's one of the he's basically the second right hand man of the uh, the creator of the park, and we learned that he's having little secret meetings with Dolores and like checking up on her to see why what has happened as a result of this program update that's been installed into all the robots. And we also meet. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, her father, as a result of the the update, her father, Peter Abernathy, is starting to act really irrational, and he's warning Dolores and telling her that, like, like she shouldn't stay here. She should try to leave. And um, we see in an episode that he finds a picture, a photograph that's supposedly from the real world, and he doesn't even know. It looks like a picture of, like, New York City and, like, some girl standing in the photograph, and he doesn't understand it, and neither does Dolores, but he... He start, he, it's like he's starting to recognize that there's something off about their world, whereas the other robots don't seem to recognize anything. So 
some other, like, crucial characters in the show are, like, Teddy. He's basically Dolores' love interest. He falls in love with her, but they never seem to get together. Um, he's kind of the quintessential hero. And then and the villain of the show, well, who we think might be the villain, is the man in black, and he's played by Ed Harris. And he's basically the guy who, like, attacks Dolores. And we, we want to learn more about him because he's really intriguing. So... Um, yeah, what did you like about episode one, Linda? Uh, episode one was interesting. Um, I don't know, I just saw the, it, there was a lot that happened, but I think it was just like that weird, it's just like that weird vibe about the show that I really liked, and the whole fly metaphor, mm-hmm. what it stood for dragged on until episode two as well. And you're just, I was interested in James Martin's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I thought, at first I thought he was a guest, but then when he got, shot and and then he was awoken in the next simulation and he was just walking around didn't remember anything then that's when I realized that he was an actual host um but yeah that's probably my favorite part just like the hidden messages and the metaphors and stuff mm, I like Maeve Maeve is another main character she's yeah. uh the head prostitute of the in the whatever brothel and she's played by Sandy Newton, but she's not like your typical, like, oh, I'm woe is me, I'm a prostitute character. She's very spunky. She has, like, a lot of agency. She kind of, you want to yeah. learn more about her. She's not a stereotype at all. And um, we could talk, we'll talk about, like, shortly about episode two, and you see more of her character in episode two yeah. as compared to episode one. And some other, like, I'd say hero archetype characters are, like, um, William. He's, a, he's one of the hosts that visits the park, or one of the guests that visits the park, and in episode two, and Logan. So there, we get to see more about the human side, like the human clients who go to the park. Whereas episode one, we learn more about the team. Um, from the team, I really like, um, who was it? Um, Stubbs, he's like one of the uh, more cynical like um, I'm not sure if he's a technician, but he his job is to just basically go up on to help the other technicians grab the hosts, like the robots, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And he has a very cynical view of them. Like he he wants to hold his gun up, and he he he's like you can compare him to Elsie. Elsie's like a programmer, whereas he's more of like a technician or something. Elsie's a programmer, so she basically runs the programs and looks into the updates with the robots, so she just sees them as computers. Whereas Stubbs, he's always, like, looking out to see if they're ever going to turn on him. Like, they're, he's, he's more paranoid. Mm-hmm. He even will hold his gun, and he told Elsie, like, no, like, I'm, I'm scared. Like, <laughs> these are robots. They can turn on us at any moment because it's just a program holding them away from everything. So I, I literally like this character. And then Bernard's an interesting character as well. He's, like, the second right-hand man to – or prodigy to Ford, the guy who created the park. And Bernard is, like, kind of, it's really mysterious because he's trying to figure out, like, more about this update and how it's affecting Dolores and why, you know, he believes she's just a regular robot. But as you can see as the um, next episode progresses, like, she's not just, like, she's actually waking up. Kind yeah. Of. I yeah. think he has a fascination with her. Like, oh, I yeah. think he's interested in her. And I think he likes the the update. Like, I don't think he wants to change her or anything mm, like that. Exactly. Yeah. He wants her to see how far this, mm-hmm. like, artificial intelligence can go. So, yeah. So, in episode two, um, Peter, basically Peter Abernathy, we see more, oh, sorry, no. Peter Abernathy, um, Dolores' father has been put into storage. Like, we saw that in episode one. He kind of wakes up and kind of threatens Dr. Ford. Ford. And so they decided to put him in storage and replace him with, like, one of the bar, rest bar, the barman restaurant, um, sorry, the barred robot, whatever, the one who works in the bar. And what else happens? In episode two, we learn more about the clients who visit. So we see Logan and William. They're these two young guys who visit the park, and they're obviously, just judging by their appearance and their behavior, they're wealthy um, Logan is, William's marrying into Logan's family, he's marrying her sister, his sister, sorry, and you see that they all both want to choose their own path, so William wants to be the white hat, so he wants to be more of like a chivalrous gentleman, whereas his friend Logan, his best friend, is more of like evil, he wants to just be evil and, and 
and, and pursue his desires. So in this episode, they also discuss the new narrative that's been put in place. So um, they, they're trying to come up with a new narrative to make the part more interesting. And um, who else? What else happened? So Ford doesn't know for that narrative. Yeah, Ford just basically throws shade at that dude. What's his name? No, but I, I like that he did that because Sizemore, Lee Sizemore, yeah. he, like, he, he comes up with this narrative basically like um, something on the Red River. Indians, yeah. And basically the Indians are like fighting against like the cowboys and it's just really stereotypical. But like Ford is just like, no. Like, yeah. I want something that makes clients want to come back, which is like their emotion, like having a relationship with the robots, like having starting to see them as more real because that's going to draw them back in, not like not just shooting them. Yeah. Like, just watching movies. Yeah, just watching movies. So, what else happened? Oh, in this episode we learn about more about Maeve and she interacts with Dolores, which I'm sure this happened before in the past, just before the show started. But this, this is the first time we see them interacting, and she basically tells, Dolores tells Maeve, um, these violent delights have violent ends. So it's basically kind of like this code. We're thinking it's like a code since the updates happened because um, Dolores' father said the exact same thing to her in episode one. So in episode two, we see she's saying the same keywords to Maeve, and then Maeve starts to re- wake up. And we see that, like, at the beginning, she just, she looks shocked. But as the episode progresses, we see that she's starting to have, like, these reveries. They all have reveries, which are dreams, which are explaining their past memories of, like, the other clients who come into the park and done all these, like, cruel, crazy things to them. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of explain, the technicians and the programmers, they kind of wanted to explain it away to the robots so the robots don't realize what's going on by giving them dreams, which are kind of like reveries, like memories. And... Maeve says having that, but now she's, like, going off the script. Like, she's literally remembering things she's not supposed to remember. And she even remembers the man in black, like, shooting her, and she remembers having, like, a daughter or a little girl, whatever, with her. So it's really interesting because we want to learn more about, like, how, what, like, why did she, what happened with her and the man in black, and why is she starting to remember now? Like, is the update, like, what's going on? So, um what else happened? Oh, Men in Black, we see him again, and he, again, he's like really intriguing character, and he basically saves this, this um, Hispanic dude named Lawrence from being hung. He's another robot, and he saves him, and we're wondering, like, why did he save him? But we find out in this episode that the Man in Black wants to figure out uh with the mazes. It's like the maze is basically another level to the park. So he wants to find out more about that. And he asks Lawrence. Lawrence has no idea. He asks Lawrence's daughter. And she, he asks, he asks her wife. The wife has no idea, so he kills her. And he asks the daughter. Lawrence's daughter basically tells him, oh, um, yeah, it's not for you. This basically egg, Easter egg, or whatever you want to call it in video games, video gaming terms, is not for you. So... Um, she's basically helping them tell by telling him that um, he has to go to a blood arroyo, like some place in the park. He has to find it and find a snake. So he decides to go off on his journey because his ultimate goal, I think, I'm theorizing, is that he wants to just reach the highest level of the game. He wants to make the game more real. And, yeah, we will find out more about him, I guess, as the season goes on. And then we also see... Oh, another thing that happens this episode is that Maeve basically another once she wakes up from that dream she was in, dreamscape where she's getting attacked by the man in black, and also she was being attacked by some native guy, and her daughter, her and her daughter get shot, like another robot girl. She wakes up and she's in an examination room. It's basically where the technicians take all the robots to repair them and any injuries that they may have had and, dis, you know, disinfect them. And they realize that she has some kind of MS, MS, MRSA infection. I don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure it's like a sexually transmitted disease or something like that. There's some kind of infection as a result of the clients. So they're trying to fix that. And she wakes up on the table, and she's looking at the technicians who are operating on her, and she just 
freaks out because she has no idea. Like, she's never seen the real world. She just knows her, she just knows Westworld pretty much and Sweetwater. So she wakes up and she, like, freaks out and she, she tells them not to touch her and they run after her and she sees, like, she's revealed, what's revealed to her is that everything's a lie. Her whole life is a lie. Like, the other robots are being, like, hosed down and repaired and put back together because the clients have obviously, like, torn them apart and hurt them. So she sees this, and she realizes, like, okay, things are not as it seems. It's kind of like in the Matrix where, you know, she just realizes that. So, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. That episode. Oh, yeah, and towards the end, we find out Dolores finds a gun. So it's like she knew where it was. Yeah, it's like Dolores knew where it was. So we just want to figure out what's going on with that. So I guess we can talk about what we liked about the series. Like, what did you like about Westworld? Even though it took place in the West, and, like, it's even in the name and everything, um, it's just, it's not even an element in the show. Like, it's not not that important to the show. The show's characters and what's going on drive it rather than just, like, the background of it being held in the West. Mm-hmm. It's probably what I like the most. And I like that Dolores is one of those, like, Mary Sue characters who kind of just get their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though she's, like, innocent and all the other robots, um, she has her own her own agency, but we just don't know what it is yet. But I feel like she does, but she just has to get to it. Exactly. Um, I like what attracted me to the show was that again, it looked like a western, but I thought, you know, it's HBO, let me just give it a try. And then when I heard about it being like a sci fi movie from the seventies, I was like, Okay, no, this is gonna be better than a typical western. And I just like that it's mostly a sci-fi show. Just the Western is just the environment they're in, the robots are in. Right. But I like the characters, like all the big actors in it. And I like the fact that it's very matrixy. And you're trying to figure out, like, when are these robots going to wake up and what's going to happen? Because initially you're thinking, oh, it's just going to be like they're going to wake up right. and then that's it. Like, that's in the movie, that's all that happens. And they start going crazy. So you're like, what else can there be? But I like with HBO, they're kind of adding more to the story. So it's not just going to be them waking up and, like, killing everyone. It's mm-hmm. going to be, there's more mystery. You want to figure out, like, why, what are the hidden Easter eggs in the park? Like, who put them there? Who's who's talking to Dolores? Like, someone keeps talking in her head. Like, there's this guy's voice in her head, and it wasn't there until the update. So, like, someone's, like, talking to her, like a conscious kind mm-hmm. of. But I don't think it's her. I think it's someone else, so... We want to figure out who that is. So it's just really cool. So, yeah. Um, now we'll get on, move on to the next show. The next show is going to be Queen Sugar. It's yeah. going to be, um, it's basically a show that's on own. It's kind of soap opery. It's kind of cool. Like yeah. It's really like a family, slice of life, daily life type show, drama. And um, Ava DuVernay is directing it. Um, it's basically about the main character, Nova, and her family, and how they have to come together when their father dies and um, what happens as a result of their father dying is they um, get land. Like, he has a sugar sugar plantation, 800 acres, and they have to figure out, what are we going to do with this former sugar plantation, like, in New Orleans? Like, what are we going to do with this? And you see, you know, basically the family and drama unfolds. So... And each character has their own their own stories that they're coming. Like the older sister Charlie has something that she's running away from and coming here. The younger brother Rafa, Ralph, Ralph Angel has mm. his story and he's trying to legitimize himself and like make himself um, more better than he was in the past. Nova um, has a lot of secrets. You can tell like she'll she'll become very silent and even though she's very open to. Um, there's a man in her life that she's having a relationship with. Um, she's still closed off to him and certain other characters. So you can tell that every character has their own baggage and their own past and their own stories, but when they come together, it's about family. And even though it seems so simple, there's still a lot of stuff that makes the show very interesting. Exactly. And what did you, what, like, drew you to the show? I guess in episode one, like, what made you want to watch episode two? So, okay, so... Ralph Angel is very attractive. Obviously, and he's Ghanaian. So. Is he Ghanaian? Yes. Are you? I'm Ghanaian. Yeah, his name's Kofi. Or yeah, Kofi. I was like, who is Kofi? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so wrong. Okay. So I did not know that, but 
but he does look – yeah, because he looks like one of my cousins. Yeah. So, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, I, you know what? This show, first of all, you don't see – okay, so whenever you see a lot of shows like this, it always it's always held down by like, stereotypes of, mm-hmm. like, the mad black crazy girls and, like, the you know, the black guy who has to move away from his family and then, like, start his life by dating someone who's not black. Like, it's always stories like that. So, like, with this one, it's, like – it's in a world, and there are people of different races, there are different shades of people, um, but it's this one family, and they happen to be black. But being black is not, it's not a characteristic of this family. They, they just are, and they have their own lives, and you can tell that they all have histories and stories and stuff to do and to tell. And But it's just, it's so layered, and all the characters are so real. And I feel like even, like, with Ralph Angel, he's, like, he's like the part in you who... You know, if you've done stuff in the past that you regret, you want to, like, change and do better. And, like, Nova's this, like, strong person that, like, life kicks her down constantly, and she gets back up always trying. Charlie's, like, that person who kind of wants to forget about the past and, like, move on with her life and prove that she, just because she's from somewhere doesn't mean that's who she is or where she has to stay. So she's constantly, like, moving up, and which is really funny because, like, at the end, well, in the second episode, she has to come back home. So it's kind of funny that even though she's tried so hard, she comes back home, and when she comes back home, it's not what it seems. Like, everything's changed, and she feels like she has no place in it anymore, and, like, it's because everyone's moved on and lived. Just because she's, you know, she left, and she thought that everyone would just, like, wait for her, but when she came back, everyone was, like, doing their own thing, and now she can't find her own place, so. Exactly. It's a lot, guys. Yeah, I really liked, uh, again, what you said about, like, the black family on TV, and just they're complex. They're not, yeah, like, a cosmic weird. show. Not a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Everyone is very complex. And just, mm-hmm. I love seeing, like, a grandpa. And, like, everyone loves <laughs> Ernest. Like, the gr- Ernest Bordelon, the grandpa. And everyone loves him. And just, just seeing them interact together. Like, they don't show their moms. But it's, mm-hmm. it's just interesting because it's just him and then his kids. And they're, you don't see their moms. I guess they're not alive. Mm-hmm. But they have different moms. But it's really cool. And, yeah, I love Nova. She's, like, a... The middle child, I think, so she's very... Yeah, we think she's the middle one, because of the way she behaves. The way she behaves. She might be the oldest one, but I'm not too sure, but uh, just the way she behaves is very free-spirited. Yeah. She does She does whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And you can tell there's, like, there's some sort of, like, there's something yeah. between, yeah, Nova and uh, Charlie, and you can tell that Ralph Angel's more on Nova's side. Mm. It could be because they share the same mom. It could be because Charlie left. It could be because when Charlie was there, she might have been really bossy and... Nova was probably the rebellious kid who didn't fit in, and then Ralph Angel being the way he was, being so cuddled and stuff, would probably be more attractive to Nova. He'd want to go near Nova, who's the more the rebellious one, uh, which is where he kind of ended up anyway. So, exactly. Yeah. And so what else is there? Oh, I'd say in, oh, in episode two, we basically learned about, you basically see the aftermath of the father's funeral, and one of the major storylines that were happening is basically Charlie's husband cheats on her, and he's a famous basketball player. He cheats on her, and so now Charlie and her son are figuring out what they're going to do with their lives. Are they going to move back home? Yeah. <laughs> and we learn more about, like, the whole cheating scandal in episode two. And just it kind of shows what a selfish character Davis is, but at the same time, just to, like, play, you know, devil's advocate or give another yeah. side, like, you can argue that Charlie kind of gave in, she kind of, like, gave in to her husband, I guess, just being a dutiful wife and just did whatever was best for his career. But there were pretty sure many moments where he was very selfish and she just kind of, like, pushed it under the table. Or even the point when she finds out he cheated, at first she's just like, no, I will not support you. Then she's like, okay, let's just work together and figure this out. But it's just, I feel like there's more to the story, and we'll probably see in the next, what we've seen, and I've seen the next couple episodes. So I feel like there's more to the story. And with Micah, like, I know you don't like Micah. No, I don't. It's not that I don't like Micah. I just feel like, I get it, he's, like, cuddled and stuff, and in, in some way he's probably more like Ralph Angel than mm. I may know, because I've only watched the first two episodes. And he's the only child, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like he might be like Ralph Angel, but he just, I feel like your mom is in so much pain, like, something. Yeah. And then on top of that, he always has this one face, and it's kind of like constipation, <laughs> annoying. Like constipation face. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, it's just this face that he always has. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. He does. Um, what did you think about, like, Nova 
being like with a married dude. Okay, so when I was okay, so in the beginning, the show starts off episode one first gecko from like from the opening. You see Nova get out of bed, um, and Calvin's lying there. She gets out of bed, she gets dressed. So right away, you can tell the way she's creeping out. You can tell there's something like it's not husband and wife, it's not boyfriend and girlfriend. She's trying to get out of bed and get dressed without him noticing or waking him up. And then he smiles and gets up, and they have a very intimate moment where he helps her put clothes on, which happens to last like ten minutes. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> But after that, you, I don't know, you start to see there's something up. And then you can tell even the way he starts that scene that um, he probably has more power and control in the relationship than she does, and it's, it's off. And then you see in the next scene that, like in, in the next scene with them, that um, she's watching him as he's, like, with a family, and you don't know what until he starts picking up kids and stuff, and his wife passes by, and Nova's crying, and you realize that he's married, and she's, She's the other woman, and it makes you angry. Like, there's so many ways it can make you angry, and I'm not going to take the easy way and say, because she's a black woman, he's a white man, and, mm-hmm. like, but like I feel like... stereotypical, like, people get think anyone can get that. in that situation. It's just, it's, anno- it's, it's angry because you can tell Nova, like, really cares about people. Like, that elderly, the elderly woman who comes and sees her, and she helps the woman, and the woman tries to pay her, and she says no. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, even with Charlie, even though, like, her and Charlie, there's something off with them, when when Charlie comes, the first scene when Charlie walks into the hospital and, like, realizes that her dad's dead, like, Nova's the person that runs to her and grabs her. It isn't Ralph Angel. It isn't the aunt. It isn't the uncle. It's, like, it's it's Nova who comes and grabs So, like, you can tell Nova's very loving and stuff. So, the, I don't know, the fact that she's, like, with a married man, it bugs me, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like she needs love. She needs love. And she's a complex character, so I just didn't really like I know people are going to throw shade. They haven't right, yet. Yeah. But they're going to throw shade at her because she's a polite dude and because he's married. Thank but I'm like, yeah. whatever. It's a soap. It's like a, it's a prime time soap opera. Like, people really need to get it through their heads. Same thing they said about Scandal. Like, in, if there's no drama in a soap opera, then there's no show. Yeah. You have watch to have for the drama. To watch for the drama. Watch for, and it's not like, it's not even like, the show is not drama in terms of like, Housewives of Atlanta or that, or Housewives of Hip Hop or whatever those shows are. Mm-hmm. It's not on that level. It's very like it still kind of has this wholesome like family element to it. But yes, each each family member has complex like character flaws. So yeah, this is one of her character flaws. And I'm like, whatever. Like her sister's very faithful, so she's the opposite, and she's not sleeping with a married man. So you have both sides. And it's, it is what it is. Like, it's not a big deal. If he was Mexican or if he was black, it'd still be uh, just as much, like, you know, not right. But it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. who cares about the skin color? But, yeah, so what else do we like about it? Um, I like the character Blue, because usually in shows, so sweet. he's my favorite. <laughs> he's our favorite character. I feel like in, sh- <laughs> in, in shows, like, the kid, they would have, like, this one kid, and the kid ends up being, like, just like a relief, either a comedic relief or just like something where if things get really intense you have like the kid who like just like relaxes things until the drama comes back again, but I think like Blue is like in the middle of his own drama like um, his mom Darla is like a druggie or she used to be a druggie and now she's trying to be reformed and like be a a good mom and she obviously still has feelings for Ralph Angel because when he calls she's like Ralph, like she gets all like (laughs) on the phone so you can obviously tell there's something up there but, um, and, like, Blue, like, he wants to be there for his grandpa, but he doesn't understand the situation at the same time. But I, and his teacher, like, he is in the middle of drama, and his dad's trying to pull him out. Like, the character is, he's going to, like, I don't know, he's going to be more involved. I feel like he's going to be more involved, but I've only seen two episodes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's my favorite character. And that kid is an amazing actor. He's an amazing actor. He's so cute. Like, he's don't adorable. Like, don't cut his hair. He's so sweet. He just brings that element of, like, innocence to the show and, like, child-like wonder. And, yeah, so what else is there? I really liked the relationship between, like, Hollywood, Hollywood and their Aunt Violet because it's, like, nice to see an older lady with, like, a boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, she has a life. But they're, like, husband and wife. Like, the way they act. Yeah, the way they they act is, like, they're common-law marriage. Mm -hmm, Like, they mm -hmm. act like husband and wife even if they're not legally married. It's very sweet to just see that. Like, she has her own life. She's not just focused on taking care of her nieces right. and nephews. Because yeah. technically, she's, like, the matriarch now that her brother's dead. Um, so she kind of take looks out for her, her nieces and nephews. Right. But, you know, I'm glad she has her own life, too. And she's a strong character. And she's, I think what I, like, 
what I like about it is that something, like, like I said, whenever you have, like, a strong or, like, just an older or bigger black woman, they're automatically assumed to be kind of like Medea, like, or very, Mandy. like, yeah, like, Mandy. very, like, in-your-face, super tough. Annoying. But she's, she's not like that. She speaks, like, wisdom, because in one scene, she's talking to Ralph Angel, and he's mad at her, and he wants her to say, like, what am I, like, because she's, like, um, your father cuddles you too much, and, like, mm. it ends up turning out, like, you could turn out say that, like, if you keep cuddling blue, he's going to turn out like you. And then he says, what, like, what's wrong with me? And she says, you're someone who keeps fighting the world. Like, mm-hmm. and, the and the world doesn't have a pedestal for you. That's a perfect That was line. the best line. I like, she read him. Yeah. She read him. She gave him a read. Like, she just told him exactly it was what he wisdom, was. wisdom, and it was, yeah, and it was wisdom. It yeah, it wasn't mean-spirited. Like, no. in some, those, like, other shows, it'll be like, oh, this old lady yeah. ragging on you or being mean to you. But no, she was just telling him the truth and being honest and like a kind of like motherly figure, you know? And she's very calm. She's um she's soft spoken. There's moments where like I feel like um a woman in that in that scenario may may have spoken before the kids, like may have she probably would have been there to pick the casket and done all that because that is her brother. But she was like very calm and she let the kids kinda of do their thing and she's She's there for them, but she's not in their face. And but you can tell that she, she is some sense of authority because like when Nova rags on Charlie, she went, oh my god, that scene mm-hmm. was really intense. And Nova turns around and sees her aunt Violet. She kind of like gets a little like shocked and scared, and then just like walks away. Mm. You can tell like Violet has power, but she uses it in the right way. Yeah, she has a balance. Like she still knows that she's their aunt. So right. and they're all adults, even though she sees them as like her surrogate kids because she's their auntie, but, you know, she just lets them do what they need to do, and, yeah, she just treats them like adults, which is good, and let me see here, so, okay, let's move on to Black Mirror, quickly, so Black Mirror is, like, a sci-fi anthology series that, like, started in maybe 2011, and it started in the UK on Channel 4, and it's basically, it's created by Charlie Rocker, and he wanted to kind of create this kind of in, kind of inspired by Twilight Zone, like this series, but it's more geared towards the technological age, and it just shows the negative sides of technology as well as the positive. So each episode is different characters and a different lesson, different story. So um, in season one, or sorry, season three, which is what we're on, we'll review the um, other season one, like in another podcast episode. So season three, it, was, it got picked up by Netflix, and we watched the episode Nosedive, and we also watched the episode Playlist. So the first episode, Nosedive, it's starring, like, um, this main girl. Her name is Lacey Pond, and she just wants to be popular. She wants everyone to love her. Mm-hmm. She wants that, like, Instagram, Facebook dream life. Like, everyone will love her. She, she wants to get the most likes on her social media pages, and that's, in this world that she's living in, it's all about who likes you, how many likes you have, and you have to have a certain number of likes or else you'll get fired from your job and you'll also lose all the friends that you, you know, the artificial social media friends that you have. And it's really important in this, like, futuristic world. But um, what I liked about it was that it's really good commentary on, like, how people can be so fake mm-hmm. online and how they can just be concerned with having social acceptance and like be so concerned with um, keeping up appearances to the point that they could be making themselves depressed or upset but they don't care just so long as people like them, give them clicks, give them views on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, everything. That's all they care about. Or on Twitter, retweeting them, like coming up with this image so that people will like them. And what did you like about the show, Linda? Um, her, I liked her brother, Ryan, because he He's kind of like her best friend. He's like probably the more the most real person on the show, even though he pl- like his job or whatever he like what he does is play video games, mm-hmm. um, and he's like in this virtual world and that's all he does. But he's the he's the most real person on the show. He he tells her like stop doing this, stop trying to make people like you, stop acting fake, stop doing this, mm-hmm. and she's always fighting against him and she even goes to insult him and in the end like he basically foretells her doom. And he tells her, like, if you keep doing this, like, bad stuff's going to happen, and she doesn't listen in the end, something's going to happen. Yeah, I really like, he's like the antithesis of her. Like, he cares, he doesn't care about social media. He only had, like, maybe, I don't know, 
3.2 stars or 1.2 stars or something. He just didn't care. And then, but she, I like that. I like that she has that one person in her life to tell her the truth. And then later on, if she goes on her journey to, like, basically get to one of her childhood friends, Naomi's wedding. And Naomi is one of the most popular people on their social networking group. She has, like, four four point, I don't know, seven stars or something. And she invites Lacey, and you find out that she's basically bullying Lacey when they were young and just she slept with her boyfriend. Like, she's not a good person, but because Lacey cares so much about popularity, she just ignores how much Naomi, like, disrespected her when they were younger and just decides, you know what, I'm going to go to their wedding, I'm going to become a four-star, um, 4.7-star person, I'm going to have this new life, I'm going to, you know, be able to get a boyfriend, house, nicer house, everything. So she's just trying to strive to get that. And I like how it shows that um, um, even in, like, Facebook, you could have, like, fake friendships and, like, be friends with people you barely talk to in, like, years. And I like how it's commenting on that. And I like on her journey, Lacey's journey, she basically meets a lady named Susan who's, like, a truck driver who just doesn't care about social media at all or getting stars. And she ended up that way because she used to be um, a 4.9 star person until her husband got cancer and she had to take care of him. And when her husband actually died, all her fake friends left, all the social media friends left. So I like how she was kind of warning Lacey to just not care. Like like her brother, she's Ryan, she was just telling her, like, don't care so much about this stuff. It's not the real world. And who cares if you don't have all these fake friends? At least you can be yourself. You can say how you really feel and you can have be your ultimate self. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, I guess we can move on to episode two. So episode two is called Playtest, and it was about this guy named Cooper and how he starts playing this virtual, well, he basically, he goes, he's traveling around the world because he's trying to avoid his mother who has, like, um, he's getting over, grieving over the death of his father who died from Alzheimer's. So he's trying to avoid his mom who keeps calling him. And he goes to the UK and meets this girl on Tinder named Sonia. Again, you have this technological influence. And they, you know, hook up, do it. They stay at our house stay at our house and he needs to find a job because someone has hacked his visa card, so he's lost his money and he needs to find a part time job before he can even go buy a plane ticket home. And he finds she tells him about this gaming company Saito Games and how they make horror games and she has one of their games and she says, oh, they're hiring, they're looking for some testers for their game and you could make a lot of money and you'll be able to get fly back home to the state. So he signs up for it, he goes to this mansion where the, the creator Shu lives and he meets Katie, she's basically the um, instructor, she's basically going to test him and um, see how he reacts to this new game that they planned which is like very realistic virtual reality. And he signs all the agreement pages. He signs up for the game. And as you see, um, spoilers, like we're just going to get some spoilers here. (laughs) Spoiler warning, (laughs) spoiler. So (laughs) he signs up for the game. He he signs all the documents. He starts, they hook him into the game through his neck, which is really creepy, like literally. The the mouse or something? The mouse. They plug it into his neck and that's when he starts seeing this virtual reality whack-a-mole, and he's, like, playing it, and he's like, oh, this is not so bad. And they're like, okay, that was just one test, so let's go to the next level. Next level is going to be even more realistic, and you, he ends up ending up in this mansion that's, like, all created in his mind, and it's, like, a spooky mansion, and there's, like, spooky, you know, figures and, and spiders and all this stuff, and basically it's all created by his mind, like his own fears. You were thinking, oh, this is not so bad. Well, I was thinking it was so bad. But, like, what did you think mm-hmm. when he got into, like, that spooky mansion? I thought, okay, it's, like, the dumbest thing. Because this always happens in movies. Like, you end up going, you become greedy or whatever it is, and you, you put yourself in a situation. You freely put yourself in a situation. And then you try to get out. But you put yourself in there, so now you have to get yourself out. And he couldn't get himself out. Um, the, everything is just creepy about it all. It's, from the minute you walked into this place, to the part where Katie's like, I'm going to be there with you every second, and everything starts happening, and he's, he's adjusting to it all. He sees this bully that he has since his, like, childhood, and 
Um, he isn't scared by the bully. He sees a spider with the bully's face. He isn't scared by that. And then when Sonia comes, uh, who's a girl that he knows, um, and she's more real than ever, um, who attacks him, then he becomes scared because she, he can physically touch her, and that scares him, and it's someone that he actually knows at this point. And then he, he gets led to this room, and then um, when he's in there, Katie's basically testing him, and she's saying stuff like, we wanted to see that if you could get into a room or if you could do something without us actually telling you why you were doing it, just because we, we said you had to do it. And, like, just all these things line up, and it's basically when you're watching, you know when you're watching those 90s movies and you're telling the kids, you're like, don't go that don't way. Don't do it. Go the other way. It's basically from beginning to end. Cooper, like, that's just his entire journey. So from beginning to end, I was just basically like, you're an idiot. Yeah, like, yeah, I really like, it's just a great commentary on um, PlayStation. I feel like they were trying to, like, troll PlayStation or, like, virtual reality games because, like, the gamers get so into the game and they wanted every new game to be more realistic than the next to the point where they're, like, spending 24 hours playing this game, 15 hours playing this game, and, like, your real life gets, like, lost. And instead of addressing the real issues in your life, mm-hmm. Like him, he didn't address the issue of his mom, like trying to call him. Like she's grieving, yes, but she just wants to speak to her son. And like, yes, they're trying to get over the fact that their father, her, his father died, but just face it head on. Like at the beginning, you run away, but you need to face your life. Exactly. And the mom keeps calling him throughout the time he's playing the game, and that ultimately leads, spoiler, to his doom because because she keeps calling him while he's plugged into the game, he starts thinking that he left the game, he'd escaped after seeing all these phantoms and ghosts and stuff, he thinks he escaped the game, and then in his he's still in the game, but it's kind of like Inception. Like, he goes to the next level where he believes he's escaped, and he loses his memory, having Alzheimer's like his dad. He wakes up again. He thinks he's gone all the way home, and then his mom doesn't recognize him. Like, she has Alzheimer's, too. It's like his worst fears keep coming to reality with each level um that he gets deeper into this virtual reality game. So it's just really crazy, and it just shows how people are so obsessed with virtual reality that, like, they'll push themselves. Like, and, and being afraid in general. Like, I love horror movies, and I like, you know, action, sci-fi thriller movies too, but there's a certain point that I will go with horror movies that I will not, like, I don't want to be so scared that, like, I'm traumatized. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people nowadays, I find, because... You know, because of um, TV shows, you just become so desensitized that, like, you just don't care about being scared to death, literally. And And I feel like there's, like, an element of trust because of mm -hmm. technology, because it's so advanced and stuff, we forget that it's... It's unpredictable. Yeah, Yeah. and it's it's created by us, and we end up trusting it too much. And Cooper, like, instead of trusting himself and, and, and even his mother, he decides to call Sonia instead of calling his mother, Yeah. which leads him basically to the place, and then even in the end, like, when his mo- basically his mom calls him, and that phone call interferes with the, the game. game, and that gets him killed. Yeah. He'd, he'd rather face, like, the fake world than reality. Ends up choosing the wrong path, and that killed him. Yeah, it's just crazy. I just really love that episode, because it was just insane, and it reminded me kind of another story of, like, in Korea, how people were so obsessed, because there's a huge gaming culture there, you can literally become a professional gamer. And, like, yeah. even in, it's funny, because in the first episode, Nosedive, we see Ryan, Lacey's brother, is a professional mm-hmm. gamer. Well, no, he's not a professional. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. So, and then the second episode, you see the downside of being a mm-hmm. professional gamer, because you can just become obsessed. And in Korea, it's really popular culture. And you, you have even, like, gamers from Europe, from the U.K., from North America, they go there, and they have these huge competitions where you can win thousands of dollars, there's even some guys on YouTube who have become rich from becoming a professional gamer. So, like, um, but there's a story in Korea of, like, this couple who were so into gaming that, like, they just forgot to feed their baby and the baby died because they were gaming for hours on end. Like, literally, they have a rehab clinic in Korea for people who are addicted to gaming. And, like, sometimes they'll play so much that they forget to eat or, like, they die because, yeah, they forget to drink water or whatever. So that's how obsessed they are. And obviously, if you have a professional gaming culture in that country, unlike in North America, you're going to be like, whoa. Now, this is not a majority of society. These are people, like, 
are the minority. Yeah, some people will binge gaming and play for hours, but, like, most people are not doing it to the extent that they forget to feed their baby. Like, this is extreme. But it's crazy. But, yeah, so. I think both shows, like, Black Mirror and Westworld have this element of, like, trusting technology more than. You trust humans. Yeah, and you'd rather just be with it than live an actual life. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, there's just that element of it all. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not an element in Queen Sugar. It's just in those two shows. Yeah, just in those two shows. Queen Sugar's more just like slice of life and yeah. family drama. But yeah, so um to uh, compare the characters. Yeah, let's compare the characters. So I'd say in for first one is let's compare the main characters in all three shows. Yeah. So the main characters in Black Mirror first two episodes were Lacey Pond and Cooper. And then in Queen Sugar, main characters are, like, Nova, Charlie, Ross Angel. Yes. The three of them. Three of them. And then in um, Westworld, the main characters are Dolores and Dr. Ford. Yes. And, and Maeve. Yes. And, uh, and Teddy. Oh, Bernard. Sorry. Bernard. Bernard. So, like, those kinds of ma- are the main characters. So, what did you, like notice about them. Okay, so with uh, Queen Sugar, mm-hmm. um, the main character, Nova, is I think all three characters are very real, and everyone can kind of relate to each character. I think Nova, she stands out more than the others because she's not trying to fit in. Like, she's not trying to be anyone. Everything that she does is like an anomaly. Like, it, it doesn't fit in. Like, she's cheating. Like, she's having an affair with a married guy. On top of that, he's white. On top of that, she's, like, a witch. Yeah. <laughs> on top of that, she has, like, a precarious job. She doesn't have a job that, like, a 95 job. She has, like, a job that's, like, she just, yeah, and on top of that, it's not a job that a lot of people would go towards. Yeah. Like, everything about it is just, it's not, like, it's not traditional. It's not accepted. But she does, really doesn't care. She doesn't try to fit in, like, she's who she is and stands up because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to, like, Lacey Pond, who's, like, literally the exact opposite. She, she wants like, to does. fit in. Yeah. Every, she wants to fit in so hard and doesn't. Like, she just... She can't. So, like, yeah. she's not the right size. I know this is, like, kind of, Even like... Even though she jogs all the time. She tries really hard. Yeah, she tries. Like, she doesn't have the right look. She's not the right she's size. She's pretty, yeah. She's pretty, but, like, she for that world, it's yeah. about being perfect, which is, like, size two and blonde hair. Yeah. And she's redhead and chubbier. Yeah. So it's just like basically Naomi is her. Naomi's her. The op- like the what she wants, wants like her ideal. Not, yeah. And then like um. And yeah, for like Nova, the person that would probably be like Charlie is like. Charlie's the, like the ideal. She yeah. She has the perfect, you know, basketball husband. Well, you think he's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she has a son, and you know, she's ambitious. Like, yeah. <sighs> she's a little bit too controlling. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Westworld, I'd say um, Dolores is like. She could have easily been the Mary Sue, but she's not. She's, like, very no, yeah. interesting, like, intriguing. Yeah. She starts off seeing, seeming stereotypical, but as the show progresses, you see she's not. Yeah. And Maeve is even more, yeah. like, I say she's more dynamic. They're opposites. Like, I feel like they're... Maeve is, like, you want to learn more about yeah. her. She's, like, the prostitute. It's funny. She's a prostitute, and Dolores is, like, the sweet, innocent, yeah. like, country girl. And everyone's attracted towards... Dolores, but, like, Maeve is more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and Maeve, like, the world that Maeve, like, is a part of, even, like, her, her, her shop, everyone, it's, like, first of all, it's in the center of town. Yeah. The everyone Rumble, is yeah. to come in. Yeah. Everyone is always coming in. But for some reason, they're saying that her numbers are going down, which yeah. doesn't really add up. Whereas Dolores is living, like, who knows where, on some cliff. On the ranch. Yeah. yeah. And her story is continuously happening, like, every day. Like, it's Wonder happening, but you don't, like, yeah, it's, like, her, sh- her, house is like it's not in the open like it's hidden but yeah it's so popular whereas Maeve is right in the center and even though it seems popular it's not popular so it's losing popularity yeah yeah so it's like they're opposites one has love one doesn't one's not even searching for it Mm -hmm. like Maeve's not even searching she's trying to make money yeah (laughs) yeah but it's funny like yeah it's really interesting we'll go more into it like on another episode where we'll talk about the mythology of Westworld and, um, yeah. So yeah, this is just more of an intro of the three shows. Exactly. And, like, we'll just quickly talk about best friends, and then we'll wrap it up because we have a few minutes left. So, yeah, what about the best friends? So, in 
Queen Sugar, there's the best friends I say are Remy and yeah. Remy's like this guy that Charlie meets. Yeah, he's like their family he's friend. Guy, yeah, he's gonna, he's good. He's a tracker. He's bald. He's, <laughs> he's a farmer. He's bald. He's, he's he's like a Renaissance man. He's, he's, he's a farmer. He's he does this. He does that. Yeah, does so many so many jobs. So he's cool. And then I think Blue. Blue is like the best friend. He's so cute. Well, and, and he's anti-violent because she's always there for everyone. Yeah. And I guess you could say, is Nova the best friend? I don't know. Is she? Nova is, is I don't feel like she's the best friend. No. I feel. She's helpful, though. Yeah. I feel like her, the guy she's sleeping with is her, her best, best friend. friend. Calvin. Yeah. Because you know what she needs, even though, like, he she does. was like, I, I'm, I'm going to come to the funeral, like, you know, want me there, and then she was like, it's at this time, like, she, he knows what she needs. She's the closest thing to best exactly. friend she has, and she doesn't treat, well, they don't treat each other that well, clearly. Like, yeah. They have a weird relationship. But, um, okay, on Black Mirror, the best friends would be um, Ryan, Lacey's Ryan. brother, because he's trying to help her and, like, failing. And Lacey would also be Miami's, like, fake best friend. Yeah. Like, she's trying to pretend to be the best friend, maid of honor, but she's not really your best friend. For the episode of Playtest, I'd say for Cooper, he, I guess the closest thing would be like his, would be Sonya and his mom. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of like the closest people he has. Like I think his mother's like almost like a guardian angel kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, she's not there, but she cares more about him yeah. like a best friend. Exactly. But she just doesn't care. Like he does not doesn't care. He's just in pain over his father. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. We'll be doing another episode soon, and that one will probably cover... Yeah. We're going to try and do something with the 90s. Yeah, 90s. 95, yeah. So it'll be be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. We'll we'll go more detail in that episode. It'll be, like, really cool. But let us know what you guys want us to talk about, because we watch over literally together probably close to more than 100 shows. Yeah. So let us know, and movies, guys. And movies. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to yeah. have special movie episodes yeah. as well. So let us know what you guys want us to talk about, and if you skipped anything, if you want us to focus on something a little bit more, if you want us to go into themes or whatever it is, just let us know. Exactly. So we're just going to be signing off. See you later. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.